wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. I have Kevin Barnes with me. I picked up hunting again about three years ago, and it was kind of an escape for me. There's nothing more peaceful than sitting out in the woods and watching that sun come up and listening to the woods wake up, or sitting there in the evening and watching that sun go down. Kentucky has some great white-tailed deer hunting. I get sick and tired of seeing them on the side of the road. I'm buying me a couple guns, and I'm going to get me a crossbow, and I'm getting back into this game. I'm an ocean person. I lived in the South Pacific for a couple of years. I lived in the Caribbean for several years. Florida. I was a scuba instructor down there. And so I'm really in tune to the ocean. I've lived in Kentucky for about 17 years now. I absolutely hate being landlocked. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of Hunting Day. I have Kevin Barnes with me. And Kevin reached out to us on Facebook and said, hey, I'm a fan of your show very interested and wanted to see if you would have someone like me on your show i'm a fairly new hunter and would like to come on and and talk and i'm like absolutely this is exactly what we want right we want our listeners to reach out to us we want we want to hear people's feedback but more than anything we just want you all to interact with us and we and if there's anybody listening that is thinking the same thing absolutely reach out to us and if we can make it work we'll get you on the show and we'll we'll have a good time and uh but uh kevin man thanks for reaching out because that it definitely means something to me that you take the time out of your day to listen to us and um, me and Kevin actually had a really good conversation on the phone the other day, and so I don't want to keep rambling. I'm going to let Kevin introduce himself and tell you all about himself. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Um, like I said, I've been listening to your podcast uh, a lot of times in the truck early mornings when I'm on my way out to the field to do some hunting. I'll, I'll throw it on and listen. And um, I'm, As you mentioned, I'm a fairly new hunter. I hunted many moons ago, um, back when I was in high school, probably about 30 years ago, back up in New Hampshire. Never was really heavy into it. I didn't have the patience back then, as, as I would say. I, I can remember one hunt in particular with my brother. We were out doing a push through the woods, and we had a line that we were doing, and I was at the end of it about 35, 40 minutes before he ever showed up and he was like, what the heck? I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a take two steps and stop kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I picked up hunting again about three years ago, right, um, probably right before the onset of COVID. And it was really kind of an escape for me. Um, gave me my time to just get out away from everything that was going on in the world. Um, as, as you know, as a hunter, there's nothing more peaceful than sitting out in the woods and watching that sun come up and listening to the woods wake up or sitting there in the evening and watching that sun go down. Even even if you don't connect on whatever it is you're hunting on that particular day, it's just it's just a moment. Um, and I live in just outside Louisville, Kentucky now, where obviously Kentucky has some great white-tailed deer hunting and I get sick and tired of seeing them on the side of the road and I'm like, babe, I'm buying me a couple guns and I'm going to get me a crossbow and I'm getting back into this game. Absolutely. No, that's great. And what better way? I mean, you're in Kentucky. That's like 
the heart of big buck country and i will eventually make it to kentucky to do a velvet hunt yeah man i will make it at some time i get you know driving down the road and seeing bucks on like big bucks and you're like honey i'm going hunting but what was it like was there something else that just clicked and you're like i'm getting back in the woods uh you know in to be very honest with you growing up in new hampshire and after college um i live i'm an ocean person um i lived in the south pacific for a couple of years i lived in the caribbean for several years um florida i was a scuba instructor down there and so i'm really in tuned you know to the ocean and i've lived in kentucky for about 17 years now and it's a gorgeous state but i absolutely hate being landlocked and so you know i'm like if I'm gonna be living here, I'm gonna take advantage of what this state does have to offer me. And one of those things was getting back into hunting and um, been doing it for three years. I think I've harvested 12 deer now, probably six or seven turkey and I'm, I'm hooked. That's so awesome, that's awesome. So I gotta know, all right, so you're in Louisville, you're you're an ocean guy and you're, you know, you're in Louisville now and you haven't hunted in 30 years are you hunting public land are you you know did you get permission did you access some private land uh and you know how, how are you how are you hunting what's your style sure um kind of a two-part thing there you know i've got a kind of a learning story as i like to call them um i actually didn't have any place to hunt and being new back into hunting i was kind of worried about hunting public land during archery season not so much but during gun season i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna say that every hunter that hunts public land doesn't know what they're doing because obviously they harvest some incredible animals on public land um but just being out there and you know not not knowing who could be 40 50 yards away from me always you know worried me a little bit yeah. Um, so I actually wrote a letter and drove around and handed it out in people's mailboxes. And um, a guy across the street from our subdivision let me start hunting his property. And after um, my first couple hunts over there, he actually told me I was no longer welcome on the property. Um, <laughs> and like, like you, I videotape all my hunts. Um, one I shot and I literally saw my bolt hit a branch and deflected. Um, so I, that was that was a clean miss. Yeah. Um, then I had another one where I actually fired my crossbow and the string broke. And uh, I'm, I'm an honest guy. So I talked to the landowner, told him what happened. And he, he didn't like the fact that I had attempted two deer and came out empty-handed so he kicked me off the property oh man um, which, you know it stinks but you know i respect it it's it's his land you know it's I, i'm a guest there i'm gonna you know hunt by his rules yeah absolutely absolutely and you know it's great that he let you you know get out there and do that and kind of i mean knock the rust off so to speak and uh right. i'm sure that those were two experiences that you learned a lot from and um I mean, me and actually, we just talked about this. I, I've got two crossbows, and um, I, the one that I really like and had hunted with for a few years now, actually, my string got frayed, and I 
you know with my kids i said no this isn't one we're gonna hunt with and i just happened to be at a, a gun store looking to buy some ammo and there was a crossbow on sale and sure enough i picked it up and that same day we shot a bunch and then took zoe out hunting and she killed her first deer with a crossbow so that's awesome um i can definitely understand like the whole the the bow you know your string breaking because it can easily be done and I, it's hard to say what it was right because you walk in and you know you could have snagged it on a branch you could have you know anything or your broadhead could have got it in transport you, you never know yeah 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 so after that i actually you know i actually just posted on facebook if anybody had you know any land in one of my buddies that i used to play baseball with um reached out and said yeah we just bought a farm about an hour south of here and it's 50 acres so i went down there hunted that for um the first year and did i think i took two deer off of that property the first year um and then i got to know the neighbors who own 60 acres and they actually live right down the street from me okay and you know so i told them hey i'll you know i'll help keep an eye on your property with trail cameras and stuff like that if i'm out in the woods i see any garbage or anything i'm gonna haul it out with me when i leave and so they gave me permission so i picked up a hundred and um you know 10 acres to hunt down there which was beautiful um but you know getting up at four o'clock in the morning for those you know early morning hunts and driving an hour kind of as much as i love hunting it, it gets old getting up that early um yeah you know when you're getting up all week long going to work i got two little kids nine and ten um there's no sleeping in in this house yeah uh, so so i hunted there and then i went i actually drove around and handed out about another 500 um letters and picked up about 500 acres 10 minutes down the road from me um so i've hunted that the last two years and then just this year uh took the kids to the pumpkin patch and getting off the tractor i started talking to the farmer and asked him if he had anybody hunting there and he's like no i'm like well would you consider it he goes well talk to me a little bit about it so you know i told him a little bit about my background and blah 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 and he you know gave me permission to go out there and hunt now so i got three quality properties that i'm hunting now so yeah it's it's hard to find land nowadays but if you're proactive you take your time put some concentration and thought into writing out something and talk to people um you know like i said i drove around for 45 minutes to an hour dropping off 500 letters and mailboxes and now i get 1200 acres worth of land to hunt wow so i hope our listeners heard that you sent out over 500 letters that is amazing i mean it's not like okay you went and knocked on five doors and then you got 500 acres now you sent 500 letters like that takes determination absolute response and you got one response and you picked up a 500 i'm telling you like that might seem like terrible odds but i think that's i think that was a win honestly right i mean and i'm sure it's been a really good farm to hunt too at that Oh, incredible. That's I've taken all but one of my six turkeys off of that property um, and seven deer so far. Um, and two two weeks ago, I, I this it was going to be a doe only farm for me this year because I'm trying to knock down the doe population because yeah. um, the percentages are just out of control. 
but I was sitting there one evening and this beautiful nine pointer walked out and he, yeah, I, I couldn't resist. <laughs> That's so awesome. So something that you had told me about that was you, you end up calling in a, a tracking dog, correct? Yes, sir. All right. So on <clears throat> a previous episode on actually episode 24, we had Kenzie Taylor on and You'd already listened to that episode, right? And so you told me you had made a checklist of everything. And when you called your tracking dog in, that person asked you and you already had everything ready. And so it sped the process up, right? Yep. Oh, 100%. I had listened to, I think, that podcast two, maybe three days prior to that hunt. And um, I, I made a great shot. And I don't know if it's just the way that the broad had turned as it entered the the buck but i clipped a lung in the liver and i watched him run from the cornfield into the woods about 50 yards um stood there and then it started getting dark and i lost sight of him so i figured he bedded down my plan was to get down out of my tree stand circle around because he was actually laying right in between direct line between me and my my jeep um so I was going to circle around, leave, come back in a little bit and start my track. But as soon as my boots hit the ground, I heard him take off. Oh, man. And, um, just listening to that episode, I, I remember her saying, if you hear him run, pack it up and go home and, you know, give him give him time and call call in the dog. So that's exactly what I did. Um, I, I went out to the Jeep, drove to the surrounding neighbors got permission, told them what happened, got permission from them to enter their property the next morning, um, came home, found a, found a tracker, and that's one of the first things she asked me. She's like, well, if we have to cross property lines, um, do we have permission to do that? I'm like, yep, I've already talked to this guy, this guy, this guy, had all their information for her, and I'm like, let's go find this buck. That's so awesome. And y'all end up finding him, right? We did. Unfortunately, it was still a very warm day. Um, we started at 830 and we didn't find the deer until about one in the afternoon. We got into a buck bedding area and you you could just smell them in the air. There was just so much scent in the woods already that the dog kind of, you know, got sidetracked a little bit. So as the handler was working the dog, I just kind of started a grid pattern and ended up finding him probably about a hundred yards from where we found last blood but unfortunately he had spoiled but you know as a hunter a conservationist you're just happy to find the animal be able to lay hands on him and spend a moment with that animal absolutely um a real quick story about that so during the virginia youth season ava shot two does the first one she made an excellent shot just a beautiful shot on and the deer ran into the corner of the field just crossed the field and then went into the thicket and expired well the deer kind of scattered but then didn't run anywhere after that and they just kind of all looking around well another one that actually came about 50 yards closest closer to us because the first deer she shot was like right at 100 yards so the second deer another big mature doe was standing broadside at like 50 yards so i bolted in another round for her because zoe was there but zoe was asleep i had her earmuffs on her and she's asleep and i'm like zoe you want to shoot a deer and she's like Rawr, you know and uh, she's a lot like me when she's asleep and so i'm like ava do you want to shoot another one because we're allowed two deer a day 
And she said, yeah. I said, all right, take your time, make a good shot. And she made a really good shot on this deer. But we actually had some issues with a, a neighbor that, <laughs> the morning before. And uh, this deer ran, and we lost blood in the field. And so, but he was headed toward, or she was headed towards that direction. And so we actually started looking, you know, we lost blood. We said, all right, let's, let's give her some time. My dad came out and, uh, I even got my thermal out because I was like, you know what, I'm going to use every opportunity that I can to recover this deer. And so we looked and looked and looked and we even, we went to the property line, but we knew we weren't going to get permission to go over there. And, uh, so we called it and it was unfortunate because that would have been her 10th whitetail. Right. And she's eight years old. That's awesome. And, uh, my dad found her three days ago. She didn't cross the property line. She hooked and came back and died like 20 yards from where we like we thought we covered but it was a thicket and it's in september and you know briars and everything and we thought we did everything we could to find this deer and sure enough she was there and i i you know i know how you feel you know it just makes you sick that you did that you know we thought we made every effort to find and recover this deer and we still didn't at least you got to recover your deer that's that's awesome yeah yeah it was it was definitely you know i was tickled to death just to just to be able to find him and know that you know although i didn't get to harvest any of the meat that you know he it was a kill shot and you know he's not out there suffering Go, going back to something that you just said getting back into hunting i tried to use every resource that i can out there you know obviously i listen to your podcast i read magazines um I, I watch you know youtube videos and stuff like that but one thing that absolutely drives me crazy is some of these facebook groups that you get into because people are just so demoralizing you know it's just they somebody goes in there to ask a question that a newbie such as myself you know it's a serious question i want to know how to do this so i can become a better hunter and people just you know have to sometimes be rude and everything on there and i see a lot of people you know when somebody asks for a tracking dog you know people need to learn how to follow blood trails nowadays and everything and i'm like yeah it's not always that easy you don't know what train this guy's hunting this lady's hunting what the deer got into and me wanting to be an ethical hunter I'm going to use every resource available out there to me. And if that requires me calling in a dog, I'm calling in a dog because I've done everything that I could. I I need that nose to the ground to to help me recover that deer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think this is a really good spot to leave off because we've covered some really good stuff here. And from what me and you talked about the other day i know there's so much more to your story and so we're gonna we're gonna end this one today here and when we come back next week we're gonna talk more about what you did to get started what you and some of the things that you would recommend to our listeners as far as what they might need to get started and then different ways that you use to educate yourself i know you'd mentioned magazines and listening to podcasts but we'll really dive into that and then some lessons learned right you're you know you kind of you hunted when you were younger but then took some you know you took three decades off and then you came back and what are some things that maybe somebody like myself who is you know grew up hunting and hunted all my life what are some things that maybe i might overlook or some of the listeners might be overlooking and some lessons learned so 
I'm sure we'll bounce some other stories off each other, but I think next week's going to be really great. So I feel like this is a great uh, ending spot. What do you think? Yeah, I, again, I appreciate the opportunity to get on here and just talk. And, um, you know, I, I've learned a lot from your shows. Heck, I just made a turkey burger last night off of one one of your um, shows that I listened to not too long ago. Um, so, yeah, you know, if, if I can help somebody learn something, um, that's, you know, that's what this is all about, man. It's, a, it's about being it's a brotherhood it's a fraternity you know let, let's help each other out absolutely absolutely so guys we're going to end it here with kevin next week we're going to come back with part two and part two is going to be all the things that we just talked about that were that are coming and so we just want to thank you for your continued support everything that you guys do matters to us and uh, we thank you for that and so to all of our listeners keep hunting and keep doing what god calls you to do Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.